The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Happy Leap Day 2012. I had to say that. Everybody's talking about it. Okay. Tech leaders with a traditional CIO title, and you know who you are and you know somebody who has, are facing increasing pressure to change with the times. Why? According to Assurance Michael Krigsman, in the old days of corporate technology, experts guarded big computer centers. I know you can all vision this because many of us lived through those era, that era, and served as the high priests of technology. Few others were allowed inside their precious realm. Today, so-called consumerization of IT means every department and every function in a business, your business, has the potential to be its own IT department. Vala Afshar at Entrisis adds, Consumers are driving the accelerated adoption of social, mobile, and cloud technology. Some of you may know that as SOMOCO in some permutation. Service delivery organizations must adapt quickly in terms of culture, people, process, and technology. And those of you who follow eBay CEO John Donahoe might have heard him speak last month in Munich, and he said, innovation is not driven by retailers Innovation is technology-enabled, and the consumer is driving it. Consumers are in charge here. So we ask today, what is going on here? Is this just a fashionable trend, or is it a long-term impact on your company? Will the provider-customer co-innovation trend, that's a big concept, continue? And can customer service be the key differentiator that sets you apart from your competition? So pour, pour a cup of Joe, Earl, OJ, or whatever you're drinking. And join us for Food for Thought on the 21st Century CIO Makeover, The Reveal. I am Bonnie D. Graham, and I'd like to give you a quick overview of my four esteemed panelists today. We have Michael Krigsman coming back today. He's the CEO of Assurant Incorporated, a consulting company dedicated to reducing technology implementation failures, a recognized authority on the causes and prevention of IT failures. Michael is considered an enterprise software industry influencer. We love influencers, Michael, and he's frequently quoted on IT project and related CIO issues. Joining Michael today, Brian Summer, another repeat guest, has over 30 years experience in management consulting with a focus on ERP software, business process reengineering, strategic consulting, and business ecosystems. Brian has presented to the executive committees of over 100 of the Fortune 500. That's a huge accomplishment. Dr. Henry Chesbro is also back. Henry created the theory and coined the term 
Open Innovation, introducing it in his award-winning book, Open Innovation, The New Imperative for Creating and Profiting from Technology. And he extended it to business model innovation in the follow-up book, Open Business Models, How to Thrive in the New Innovation Landscape. His newest book, Open Services and Innovation, Rethinking Your Business to Grow and Compete in a New Era. And that's what we're talking about today is a new era. And the fourth member of our panel is Vala Afshar, Chief Customer Officer. There's a new one for us, CCO, for Interestis Networks, a Siemens Enterprise Communications company. Vala is responsible for worldwide services operations and technical support functions, including contact center operations, field engineering, support engineering, and infrastructure technologies. Now, anybody listening who wants to hear your name on the show today, just tweet your drinking for coffee break to pound sign SAP Radio Coffee, and we will read it on the air. So let's start off with Michael Krigsman. Welcome, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you for joining me again. You're you're becoming a regular here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. So tell me a little bit about what I quoted in the opening. And we're going to do this real fast so we can get everybody's voice on this opening segment, Michael. What is this about the high priests of technology? Have they been defrocked? Can we say that? Where are they? Okay. If, if you're a CIO in today's world, you've got to be thinking about the opportunity for innovation with engaging customers. And this is a real contrast to what went on for for many, many years, where the goal was not engagement, but the goal was controlling the threat to the organization from open access to information. Today, we flipped it on its head. And is it real? With 800 million Facebook users and millions of Twitter users and companies like SAP and Oracle investing literally billions and billions to develop cloud products, you bet this is real. Okay, thank you. Good starting point. I like the juxtaposition of control and what's happening today. Good point, good historical overview. Brian Summer, welcome back. How are you today? Doing just fine. Good. Love the accent, too. Sedentary and technology are two words that should never, ever be used in the same sentence. That's the quote you sent me. Sedentary and technology. I can't imagine anybody using them in the same paragraph or even the same same page. Talk to me a little bit about your perspective on what's going on in CIO 21st century. I think one of the big differences right now is that uh, years back, CIOs had the luxury of waiting for certain technologies to come to them. Uh, in fact, uh, probably accountants are probably the most prone to that problem. And now with the speed with which things become so obsolete so quickly uh, and the numbers of consumer technologies that are bombarding the IT organizations today, I don't think a CIO has the luxury of waiting around for some sales rep or whatever to bring some new product or technology to their office. They've got to do, they've got to get out, uh, go to Silicon Valley, go wherever, and they have to go see the stuff maybe months or years before it's actually going to hit Main Street. And they've got to be able to, they've got to start building the capabilities inside their IT organization to be able to take advantage fully exploit these things for both competitive advantage, but also to figure out what are the implications going to be for the skills, people, training, whatever, for their IT organization. Brian, I'm hearing you talk about the definition of a game changer, somebody who's proactive, shakes up the status quo, has a vision, goes out and makes it happen. Am I right? (laughs) 
Well, it's going to be part of the job. It's not just keeping the, the lights on in the data center anymore. That's not going to be the, um, the end-all, be-all for what the CIO's job responsibilities are. And I'm not trying to say that that, that uh, characterization fits every CIO. I know a bunch of them who are clearly out there trying to be game-changers. But uh, the idea of just just uh, waiting for things to come to them is just a day gone by. There you go, a little history there. Dr. Henry Chesborough, you told me people, especially younger people, expect data to be everywhere, especially in the palm of their hands, that this is hard for IT groups is irrelevant and not even very interesting to them. So we're talking now, we're shifting from that realm, those high priests, to what's going on out in the field in the real world, consumerization. Dr. Henry, talk to me a little bit. Expand, please. Well, good morning, Bonnie. And good morning. Just to build on uh, the previous two commenters, I think that not only are the CIOs needing to go out in the world to engage with new ideas rather than waiting for them to come to them, I think they're going to find their own employees, particularly the young employees coming into the company, are going to be beating on the doors asking for their smartphones to be able to access every corporate data resource everywhere all the time. Uh, and really, they're not going to be very interested in hearing explanations for why that's hard or why that's not possible. Uh, and so a lot of this, I think, is coming right in the doorstep of the young employees coming in. A second point I'd like to make is I think one of the things driving uh, the need to embrace uh, this data as a source of differentiation is companies falling into the commodity trap where they have, they have to work harder and harder to execute their plans, and yet they find they get little or no reward in the marketplace because everybody else is doing something pretty similar. And for consumers, mm-hmm. there isn't always much to choose between them. So we really need to f- reverse it and think about how we deliver meaningful and differential value to our customers and get out of the commodity kinds of mentality. Thank you, Dr. Henry. May I call you Dr. Henry? I didn't do that before, but I like to acknowledge titles. Whatever works, Bonnie, whatever works. (laughs) Okay, thank you. And let's round out the panel with the voice of Vala Afshar from Enterasis. Vala, you're in the trenches. You are doing it. You are the chief customer officer, CCO at Enterasis Networks. And I have a quote from you, including the one we started out with. Customer services organizations must adopt technologies that enable proactive service delivery, but first, must embrace a culture of transparency. Talk to me, Vala. Sure. Good morning, Bonnie. Uh, Good morning. I I think Michael, Brian, Henry are all spot on. Uh, Michael talked about transforming transactions into into engagements, and Brian's commentary regarding proactive service delivery. I think today's CIO, today's customer service organization, we need to think like the customer. We need to value the user experience, and we have to embrace transparency and proactive service delivery. Ultimately, those are the foundations of of building trust. And uh, it's not enough to just satisfy customers today. I see satisfied customers uh, purchasing from the competition. So it's really loyalty and commitment. And, and so though, though, that's, the, that's the North Star. That's the mission that uh, CIOs and service organizations need to think about. 
I like that, the North Star. Talk to me a little bit about your title, Val. I haven't heard that one before. How did did you create it? Was it something that was there before you came to Interesis? I know you've been around with the company for a long time. Chief Customer Officer, CCO. Talk to me well, about it. I'm, I'm I'm very proud to be uh, the, the first Chief Customer Officer at Interesis. The, the title is is in the industry. It is new in the in the in the C-suite uh, class, uh, my responsibilities, as you mentioned, includes global service delivery. And you know, I believe our frontline employees are our brand champions, whether they're in sales or service or professional services. And and therefore, it's important to create a single pane glass view of all our customer touch points. So I'm very fortunate to be able to influence our engineering, our product marketing, our services organization. By, by really scaling the voice of the customer and bringing it to all the various decision makers through the various lines of business in our company. And I want to just go back to, thank you, Val, I want to go back to um, Henry, Dr. Henry. Do you agree that the, the big game changer for companies today is customer service, customer experience, customer edge, that this is really where it's happening? And this, as, as Vala talks about and what he believes in and lives every day, is that key differentiator, the one you have to achieve? What do you think? I, I do agree with that. I think what may be new is that we now have the tools to really give individual or personal customer experiences in a way that is scalable and economically affordable. There's always been a tension between doing something that's very standardized and easy to replicate over and over again, which means it's very low cost, but that's in direct contrast to something that gives a unique, personal, individual experience to a customer which uh, is very uh, delightfully customized to the customer's needs, but then can be extremely expensive to actually provide that. I think we now have the tools where what used to be an either-or can now become an and. We can give you scalable, highly replicable processes and deliver to you a unique experience for you. Thank you, Henry. And the operative word here is and, and we'll be right back. Talk about amazingly proactive and visionary segues. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. When we come back, we'll find out what Vala Afshar blogged today as a guest blogger on Paul Greenberg's CRM blog. A little bit of a history lesson. You'll be hearing more from Dr. Henry Chesbrough, Brian Summer, Michael Krigsman, and Vala. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more not just in it for profit but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways 
Listen for Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And now it's coffee break time. I'm going to go down my guest list and ask everybody what you're drinking, and then we'll read some of our tweets from our followers. So, Michael Krigsman, what's in your cup today, please? We have green tea. <laughs> it's got to be more than green tea. Does it have a label on it, a brand? Is it light green, dark green? Give me a little more here. It is a uh, Japanese sencha tea cook, uh, brewed properly, which means just below the boiling point. Don't want to hit the water too hot. I love it. Now, that's a coffee bread drink. Brian Summer, what are you drinking today? What I always have in the morning, an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and I keep telling, this is Michael, I keep telling Brian that stuff is going to kill him one of these days. <laughs> as long as it doesn't happen when we're on live radio. Sorry. Dr. Henry Chesborough, what are you drinking today? Well, we love Pete's coffee here in Berkeley, and so I've got myself a large uh, Pete's coffee with a, just a little milk in it. Okay, good. Nice to hear a plug for Pete's. And Vala, you're a newcomer to the show. What's in your cup today? Uh, Bonnie, I have a, a extremely large, uh, a ginormous uh, Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> uh, coffee with cream and one sugar. <laughs> okay, well, that's not too much cream and not too much sugar for a ginormous coffee, so you must <laughs> like it almost, almost what I call high test. That's very interesting. <laughs> and let's see, we have Kelly as one of our Kelly. Welcome to the show. She's one of our Railer tweeters. She says she's drinking coffee and listening to Coffee Break. So we're happy to always have Kelly on board. Wendy is drinking a refreshing cup of Bigelow green tea and ready for another exhilarating episode of Coffee Break with Game Changers. Kristen is sitting under the Florida sun and enjoying SAP Radio while drinking her G2 Raspberry Melon Gatorade. Sounds fascinating. And I'm looking for what Mike, what Malcolm is tweeting. Let me see. He's always got something interesting in the realm of Equator Coffee. I will find that in a minute. We'll just bring that into the show. We want to also thank Natasha for tweeting about us today. And CB is listening live. And we've got all kinds of people listening. So we'll do more coffee orders. Let's go to today, Vala Afshar. You are a guest blogger on the blog of Paul Greenberg. Paul is the father of CRM. Apparently, he's very proud of that title, but not sure that's what he wants to be the only thing on his epitaph. I did read the, the intro to the blog. It's Social CRM, The Conversation. And you wrote a historical perspective. The title of the blog is The Story of Stories, and Terraces Think So, 21st Century. So, Vala, why don't you kick off this segment with a little bit of the history, just briefly, cloud computing 2003, all the way up to what you're calling beyond 2012 and next. Sure. Thank you, Bonnie. Well, 
I, I certainly believe that uh, Mr. Greenberg is the godfather of CRM, uh, and it was a privilege for me to uh, to share my story with him. Uh, yes, in, in 2003, we, we decided uh, this cloud uh, concept is pretty interesting, and it, it, it you know, instead of uh, spending so much of our time keeping the lights on by moving to a SaaS model, software as a service, we can perhaps be more innovative and add some business agility to our services organization. So, and if you can imagine, discussing migration to cloud in 2003 was involved some spirited discussions amongst the business uh, business owners. Uh, once we adopted the cloud um, SaaS model, we had an opportunity to add some transparency and and measure our performance and 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 prune customer information and share that to sales, marketing, engineering. So we created an ecosystem whereby we removed boundaries from different mm-hmm. functions so we could all have a good sense of our customer contact and profile our engagements. We introduced gamification concepts in 2007. What that means is we started to create balanced performance scorecards, concept of measuring our employees like, prof- like professional athletes. And uh, we have Hall of Famers and All-Stars and starters and, and, and some that are on the bench. And, and, and so using CRM technology, our, our service and support professionals could see where they were in terms of Hall of Fame, All-Star, and starter status. And really measuring the performance of the organization helped transform us in terms of continuous improvements. Then in 2009, we started adopting uh, predictive analytics mindset. We had all this rich customer information based on, I don't know, 60,000-some-odd cases that we create on an annual basis. So we, we used a weighted sum algorithm to predict customer temperature based on the type of contact. And if the temperature of the customer was warm or hot, we had a different uh, workflow rules and service-level agreements and really a heightened sense of urgency and, and proactive reach-out based on our predictions, uh, which, again, speaks to what um, – Dr. Henry was speaking to in terms of proactive service delivery. In 2010, we adopted social collaboration. We started using the social capabilities in our CRM solution and really saw the scale of, 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 of um, sharing best practices and thought leadership. And the social element had such a profound influence on us in 2010 that in 2011, we decided to invent and build social products. When you think about cloud, mobile, social, customer experience, what better experience than an IT administrator who's on Twitter or Facebook or Salesforce.com chatter being Mm -hmm. able to have visibility and control of the machines, the IT infrastructure, using social media? So we created a logic that allowed us to speak to machines via social media and have the machines communicate back to us in the same social uh, construct. And, and today we're elevating that to a point where we have machine-to-machine social collaboration, where the machines are telling us and delivering information to us and our customers and users in terms of things that are happening in their network. And, and that's essentially a quick recap of the blog um, that, that was posted today. Thank you. That was great. And I want to bring in our other speakers. So let's go to Dr. Henry Chesbro, Open Innovation. I hear an awful lot of openness and an awful lot of innovation in what Vala described. And you want to comment for us? Sure. I think openness does two really important things. Uh, and it gets back to resolving this tension between standardization 
and customization. Openness, on the one hand, can allow you to offer many, many more choices to your customers uh, without having to provide all those choices yourself. But, in fact, you can often uh, give the customer choices that you provide but can be supplied either by you or by others. And think of all the merchandise that's on Amazon's website as an example of this, where a company that was selling books 15 years ago now offers a huge range of things, and most of those other things they don't stock themselves. The second thing openness does is it can create economies of scale, uh, because by exposing your APIs, by exposing the ways that your things are put together, you can have others build in and alongside what you're doing and really create uh, the ability to do this replicable, consistent set of processes again and again in a way that's economical and efficient, and that's what makes it affordable for us. So I think openness is a real key to both uh, the, the extra choices and doing them cheaply. Thank you. And, Brian, I want to have you bring in talking about the fact that mobile phones today have a shelf life of six months or less. And we're talking about social, mobile, cloud, the fact that consumerization of IT, bring your own device, BYOD, bring it into work. This is a huge demand on the CIO, the CCO, the IT department to keep up with what you call the frenetic pace of innovation. There's that big I word that's part of CIO, I believe, today. What's going on with how? How can you possibly keep up with things that change every six months? You, you barely ramp up, and then it's gone, and it's new. What do you think? Oh, this is a real big issue. Um, if you look at uh, traditional IT, let's say, programming methods and design methods, uh, they just don't work for the kind of technology and innovation world that we're in right now, particularly with regard uh, to the number of consumer-based technologies that are finding their way inside businesses. So to that point about, like, um, you know, Apple's got a pretty rigorous schedule of uh, releasing new uh, product upgrades or updates about every six months or so, but there are entire generations of, whether it's tablets, cell phones, laptops, whatever, where the uh, number and kind of changes are becoming quite material and are happening very quickly. So this is going to put a lot of pressure on IT organizations to um, – to one, they have to get way ahead of knowing what a vendor, uh, whether it's hardware, software, or whatever, is going to be doing with the product line uh, so that they can start planning for it. Two, they have to pick a different set of, kind of technologies and create a capability or skill set inside their firm that can really uh, grow and ramp to scale. Uh, I'd probably lay it out in three little points. One is mm-hmm. they can't wait for the tech to come to them, which I talked before. They have to change, and they have to recognize that the rate of change or the dynamism, if you will, in the marketplace is uh, is not just faster. It's uh, going on kind of a curvilinear approach. In fact, um, a lot of the change right now is com- uh, it, it's a combining kind of te- uh, technology change where it's not just that we have cloud or that we just have social. It's when you put all that together on mobile devices and you put it together with, you know, three or four other things, big data, in-memory, database technology, analytics, and on and on and on. you get got some huge things that nobody had even thought about before. And what we've got to have are we've got to have an IT leader or CIO that's getting really, really smart about figuring out what parts of their operation are they going to do themselves? Which parts are going to turn over to some like cloud provider? And a classic for that now may be application software maintenance. Do you really need 
tie up a large chunk of your IT staff maintaining, patching, and upgrading applications that, frankly, don't deliver as much competitive advantage as maybe they did the first time you automated that function 30 Mm -hmm. years ago. All good points. Thank you. And we're nearing the break. Michael Krigsman, I want you to weigh in before we hit the break and talk a little bit about corporate workers now expect enterprise technology to look and feel like consumer services and devices. I know this is a a good segue to get you into this. Uh, What do you think? Well, of course. You know, if you're a corporate worker who's used to using these easy-to-use, simple web services, and now you go back to work and you've got to you know, kind of wade through the hassle of the UI for your corporate applications and the UI for dealing with IT, for getting things done. And this now becomes an obstacle. You don't want to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not acceptable. I, th- I think we're talking about a lot of a lot of major paradigm shifts in the organization outside the pressures in to get it done, the pressures out to make companies get it done. And when we come back after the break, I want to talk about the DNA of the 21st century tech leader. I'm going to ask Brian Summer, Michael Krigsman, Dr. Henry Chesbro, and Vala Afshar, my special guest today. And you are all very special. Great conversation, and I thank you. Let's talk about who is the person or who is the team. What kind of game-changing mentality do you need to cope? Because we're trying to get our arms around a huge amount of sea changes here. And let's see what we can come up with. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com what does a visual workplace mean to you how does it contribute to operational excellence and what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place listen to the visual workplace work that makes sense to find out Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. 
To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.graham at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, yes. And we had a couple more tweets here. Wendy is enjoying a refreshing cup of Bigelow green tea. Oh, I think we read that. And Margo was drinking her usual Nespresso Descaffeinato. I love the way that sounds, and I know what a Nespresso machine looks like. So, great, Margo. Michael Krigsman, let's talk about our, our basic topic today is 21st century CIO makeover, the reveal. And anybody who watches the reality TV shows, I think there was one called The Swan or The Goose or something, where they take a typically a woman who didn't look so great. She wanted a new chance in life, and they do everything behind the scenes, and then they have the reveal, and everybody goes, oh, wow, she's so beautiful. So let's talk about the CIO makeover. Let's go to the DNA of what a CIO needs to be to make over. Why don't you reveal that for us today? Well, you know, for many, many years, really since the, since the dawn of time for CIOs, the focus was, protecting the corporate assets, keeping information locked down so that it doesn't fall into the hands of competitors and so forth. And now we hear folks like um, like Vala talking about transparency and honesty, creating trust. And we hear Henry talking about openness and sharing. And we hear Brian talking about technology, being open to technologies that, that are coming up and, and, and pursuing those, those new technologies. And the common thread then for the change is the word openness and the term engaging. But this is really hard because if your career path has been defined through protection and safety, and now people are coming to you and they're saying, well, no, 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 we don't care about that. What we care about is openness and accessibility of information. Well, the need for safety and security hasn't gone away. So the DNA shift that has to take place for a CIO is one of learning to adapt, retaining the lessons or the needs of security and so forth uh, from the past, but learning to apply them intelligently and with uh, judicious discrimination in today's world to make more finely nuanced decisions about where to be open and where you need to keep that information locked down. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Brian, let's continue to talk about the DNA. Does this person ever get to rest? Do they ever get to sleep? They're a leader not only on the job, but when they're not on the job, I can imagine those wheels are spinning. How can I get this all done? It's a monumental task. Who is this person, Brian? Well, I'm going to build a little bit on Michael's points, and normally Michael and I love to have violent disagreements with each other, so uh, <laughs> yes, I'll, 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 toss a, I'll toss a log on the fire here. Um, I think uh, one of the operative words here, he, he's talking about control. I'm thinking uh, the great new CIOs now, the new DNA has to be someone who's very cosmopolitan, very worldly and aware. And also someone who's really good at managing a, a different kind of portfolio of IT initiatives than what they've uh, dealt with in the past. And I'll give you one really good example why they need to be aware and what that's going to do their portfolio. 
Let's take a look at the smartphones today now. Uh, the very best ones have full-blown 4, uh, 4G LTE kind of full video-to-video teleconferencing on the cell phone. Now think about what that does to a business application like a call center or customer service. I, and, you know, I know Vala is probably going to chime in on this. The day and age where I'm going to be on a phone calling somebody at a call center in, I don't know, Bangalore, and they're probably dealing with six different people simultaneously may come to an end. Because when I'm doing a video-to-video call with somebody in the future, I'm going Mm -hmm. to see that I'm being ignored, and they're talking to five other different customers before they get back to me. The way that video changes every single business process is something most CIOs haven't even thought about. Mm. And video will be extraordinarily transformative in everything from order fulfillment, customer service, and on and on and on. And we need CIOs who have this incredible mind uh, for looking at these new um, these new technologies and assessing what the impact is going to be on all of their business processes and we need that kind of cosmopolitan person because then what they're going to do is not only have you know kick off the right kind of projects to change those processes but they're also going to figure out how do I manage down the demands from some other IT functions that just aren't going to deliver as much value or be as relevant in the new business world the new business economy their firm is going to operate in cosmopolitan that's a new word we haven't heard in this discussion yet i I like that and i can i can envision that dr henry chesbro what do you think about cosmopolitan in terms of the the flavor the style i'm also thinking these this person needs to be a a great presenter a great gatherer of people around him or her to gather the troops and get everybody on board what do you think henry i like it is one of the trends i think that is happening in businesses of all sizes in the u.s is that more and more of the growth is coming outside the U.S. Uh, the U.S. economy remains the world's largest economy, but after World War II, we were 50% of the world's economic activity, and we're now down around 25%, and that's going to trend down slowly over the next few years, which means for most companies, there's more economic opportunity outside the U.S. than there is inside the U.S. So somebody who's going to be cosmopolitan is somebody who's going to be able to access that and comfortable in that environment. Okay, expand on that a little bit more. Uh, How does somebody get to be that way? Is it something, in other words, where do you have to go to school today to fill the shoes of this new made-over CIO? What kind of background do you need? What kind of education? Because our listening audience here on the Business Channel, and I'll say this to everybody, we know that they're interested in business. We know they're real people. They have real needs. They have demands. Everybody wants to boost that bottom line. They could be small businesses. They could be entrepreneurs just thinking about starting a business. They could be established small businesses that want to grow mid-size in that vast range of, well, we're here. We've been around for a long time. What do we do now? And they could also be LE large enterprise. So, who would be this person? Is it going to be a different DNA for a smaller company, Henry? Is it going to be a different DNA for somebody filling this role in a very large company? So I think in terms of where they go to school, the answer is I think in almost any college or university classroom these days, many of our students are already from outside the U.S. So 
the students that graduate and get jobs in the U.S. have good personal relationships with people from many countries. Then you add layer on the social media like Facebook, like Twitter and others, and it's really easy to meet and keep in touch with these people after you graduate in ways that are much, much more challenging if you weren't in the same city uh, in earlier times when some of us were <laughs> getting out of college. Oh, yeah. So those are uh, things that I think the, the good news is uh, you, it, it comes to you. You don't necessarily have to go to it. Even your the email coming in from your inbox or those those customer service calls that are being given, uh, sometimes more and more of those will start to come from unusual places. And in the past, we, we tried to fit everything to a, a single mold in the U.S. Part of being cosmopolitan means you're going to have to create different molds uh, for different regions of the world because what works well in India may not work well in the U.S. and vice versa. All good points. Now let's talk to our chief customer officer, the first generation of CCOs, Vala Afshar. Vala, what's your DNA? Uh, we listen to your vision, to your historical timeline of what you've done at Interesis. What What do you think makes you who you are? And if you would be a case study or a poster child, if you pardon the expression, for people who are listening, I want to grow up and be like Vala. I want to be able to be in the trenches and see what's now, what's coming, and how do we bridge that gap, that chasm, if you will. So who are you? (laughs) That's a very, uh, very tough question to answer, speaking about yourself, uh, but, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I would I would I would say that uh, I subscribe to, um, you know, Tom Peters said eight most important words a manager can use. The first four are what do you think, and the last four are is how can I help. Um, when I think about our CIO Dan Peltlon, you know, it's mass collaboration, uh, a term that uh, Mark McDonald, a Gartner analyst, used in terms of CIOs, um, CCOs. Anybody who's in a leadership role, you need to be interested. Interested first, interesting second. (laughs) Be inquisitive, not about just cool technology. Um, If you're leading with technology, you have a tougher battle. Lead with understanding the business. Uh, Collaborate horizontally. Really be interested in terms of what are the critical success factors for sales, for marketing, for engineering, for services. And, and as you collaborate with other thought leaders, then you can investigate and determine what type of technology can help you reach full potential. I think I, 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 our CIO always reminds us, um, and I think it's a wonderful reminder, it's culture, process, and then technology. Don't try to build process around technology. Build technology around process. So I think the DNA of any any leader in, in, in this market, given the velocity of change, is you have to stay interested. And, and, and in terms of how you can add value to the other functions, um, so interested in, in, in the business and the customer and the process first and foremost, and then go hunt down the technology that you think can enable success. Very interesting perspective. Thank you, and thanks for giving us a little bit about your DNA. This is really great to have you on the show today, Vala, as as, as I keep saying, in the trenches, somebody who's walking the walk, talking the talk, and living it for your company. Uh, very, very happy to have you on board. We're getting ready to go to our 
third and final break. Boo-hoo. Great conversation today with my special guests. So when we come back, we're going to look into the crystal ball, which we always do in the last segment. And I'm going to ask Michael, Brian, Henry, and Vala to predict how today's IT landscape and the consumerization of IT trend will evolve over the next five years, how this co-innovation scenario we've been describing with the provider and the customer will look in 2017, and what will be the game-changing benefits to organizations of all sizes. I know that's a big crystal ball question. We'll be right back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You are listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network being here with ariel and shia kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment this show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment don't miss being here tune in every wednesday at 9 a.m pacific 12 noon eastern with ariel and shia kane right here on the seventh wave network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision making in real time no matter where they are sap and sybase and sap company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to sap systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com zoom leadership it's the big picture issues of the day up close and personal capabilities of leadership and a desirable future of constant renewal zoom leadership it's the economic crisis made clear patterns and perspectives of leadership and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future join host john schmidt every monday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time zoom leadership an inside look at what's really going on in business government and civil society tune in every week on the voice america business channel When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, let's. And I have two quick tweets to read here. Malcolm is drinking. Oh, goodness, it keeps disappearing on me. Malcolm is drinking Equator coffee. Of course he is. And I'm trying. Here, Sumatra Blue Batak by Equator Coffees, and he's dangerously low and needs to reorder. The reason I'm reading that so late in the game here is that Malcolm is actively tweeting all of the great 
great words of wisdom we're getting from our guests. So thank you, Malcolm. And Kelly says, personally, I think MFAs would make great CIOs. Thank you, Kelly. Also terrific. Okay, Michael Krigsman, you're up first. Crystal Ball, what will this all look like in five years? Go. So the the tide of uh, openness of the consumerization of IT and all of these things, these trends about which we've been speaking, that tide is inevitable. At the same time, there still remains a need for centralized governance of IT, for policies regarding security, for policies regarding the, the ways in which information is kept, stored, distributed, made available, and so forth. So, so we keep uh, going back and forth like a pendulum between IT being the ones that have control and power and users having control and power, or at least trying to. And I think in the next number of years, there's going to be a, a greater balance and coming together sort of a reconciling of some of the tensions on both sides. And the, the, the end result will be a, a, a better balance that recognizes the centralized needs of IT and at the same time equally recognizes the uh, important needs of, of user independence and use being uh, cent, cent, uh, user centricity, so to speak. Thank you, Michael Krigsman. Let's go to Brian Summer, Crystal Ball. What do you see ahead in your Crystal Ball, Brian? Well, I, I see a couple things. One is uh, a phenomenon I call leapfrogging, and I'm already seeing it where even small, mid-sized manufacturers are using highly granular consumer data that comes out of like point-of-sale systems from their big-box retailers they sell. And they're really learning an awful lot about uh, who the customer's customers are, and they're using that to optimize every aspect of their production, their supply chain, their value chain, everything else, and they're doing it to achieve tremendous competitive advantage. And this is what a really smart CIO is doing. They don't look at the world anymore within the four walls of their facilities and within the limitations of the accounting and transaction data in their ERP system. That's number one. So they're looking to go get at this other information that's out there, this very personalized consumer kind of stuff and changing the way they do business. The second thing they're doing is they're not bringing that information necessarily in-house. They're going to use capabilities like cloud technology in ever greater amounts because in with these cloud technologies, they have flexibility, scalability, but they also have access to in-memory database and analytic applications, everything else that are out there, and they don't have to bring it in-house. And that's very, very important, particularly for the mid-size and smaller kind of companies. These are the kind of things that are creating this like democratization of IT. And for any CIO that's listening who thinks that, we're, well, we're just too small to really compete against the big boys. Wrong. You now mm. have access to the tools, the capabilities, and everything else. You just need the imagination to, and the guts to go out there and get it done. The second big thing I think is going to happen is that IT execs have to make some decisions about how they're going to manage their portfolio. And in particular, they're going to decide things, and I've kind of touched on this before, they're going to want more and more multi-tenant cloud applications where the vendor is going to do all the low-value-added maintenance, patching, and upgrading. And they're going to get they're going to swing that pendulum back to the way it was when IT was in like the 1960s and 70s where there was lots of custom development. And we're going to see IT people moving back towards that and leaving the more tactical, low-value-added patching and maintaining to third parties 
who do it as part of the software service that they subscribe to. Brian, thank you. I've got got to squeeze in Henry Chesborough here. We've got about three minutes left, so thank you. That was great. I think I hear another topic coming in there. Dr. Henry Chesborough, crystal ball, go. Okay, three predictions. Uh, One is uh, starting next year, we're going to see smartphones being made for the prices of today's feature phones, and that's going to cross the digital divide across the world and enable people in the palm of their hand to have the kinds of data access we only see today on high-end phones. Uh, that's in turn going to mean that uh, data and data privacy are going to become huge concerns. What's mine? What's my company's? What do I share with a few people? What do I share with everyone? These are things that are going to be very important to figure out, and the CIO is going to be a key part of that conversation. And, and then the last another... thing is to look at the, the Siri and the ability to query and search the web with human language. Uh, it's going to allow us to have whole new search tools that don't require a keyboard and a browser. And that, in turn, is going to also require us to be able to search corporate data through natural language methods as well. Terrific. Thank you. And Vala Afshar, quickly, crystal ball from your purchase CCO at Interesis. What do you see? Sure, I think the I think the web is going to be more social, and and the Internet of Things means you'll be following and friending machines as well as people. In five years, you'll probably have 20 uh, billion network devices, uh, and a recent study showed that the world's data doubles every every two years. So, in terms of a social ecosystem, you'll find that individual voices are going to have larger amplification. So you have to be able to listen and engage and react as quickly as possible. And, uh, and since uh, information is doubling and, and, and growing at such a rapid pace, data scientists will have a major role. And perhaps we'll have a new uh, C-suite, the CKO, Chief Knowledge Officer. Ooh. What are you going to do with all this data? You need to make it actionable. And, uh, and I think that's, that's certainly a trend to, to watch for. Terrific. If I take the four crystal ball visions from all four of my guests today and and summarize all of those, I think we have another great topic to do here on Coffee Break with Game Changers, just starting at the end of the show and then building a show around that. So I will be in touch with Michael Krigsman, Brian Summer, Henry, Dr. Henry Chesbrough, and Vala Afshar. But first, I have to tell you what's coming up next week, March 7th, Game Changers, innovating one bit at a time. We'll talk about how IT can create efficiencies and economies of scale for their companies that will allow the freeing up of resources that can be used elsewhere in the company for innovation, our favorite I word. March 14th, we're going to talk about the smart grid, today's utility companies and big data. March 21st, we'll be doing customer experience case studies and talk about loving your current customers. Thank you very much. I've got shout-outs to Patricia Harris-Jones, Sherlock, Malcolm, Kimberlin. Malcolm, go buy some more coffee. Wendy and Nesbeth, Carolyn Brock, Lucas and Patrick from 50 and 5, and the wonderful staff at the Business Channel, Jeff, Jeff, and Justin. We love you all, and Ryan. Okay, so you've heard another episode of Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be back next week with more Game Changers. Please tweet us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you at pound sign SAP Radio, and tell us what you're drinking any time of the day any day of the week at pound sign sap radio coffee i'm bonnie d graham it's been a pleasure bringing you coffee break with game changers see you next week bye bye
Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.